0: This is the Education Show, unlocking opportunities in teaching and learning through collaboration. Proudly brought to you by Zabuza.net. Once again, it is the Education Show. Welcome. Good to have you along with us. Uh, We've got a special guest uh, on this episode and somebody I've been really looking forward to having a chat to. Who is it? Well, her name is Mangalisa Mokwape, and she's the director at Africa Kids Code. Mangalisa, welcome. So good to have you on the show with us.
1: Hi, hi, David. Thank you for having me.
0: Now, eventually, we eventually managed to get this right because you know before it flows as beautifully as it is now, there's the technical side of it, which is guaranteed to, to kind of let you down when you least expect it to. But we've moved on past that. I want to find out all about Africa Kids Code and what you do there. But before we get there, Tell me a little bit about Mangaliso. Give me a bit of your background, childhood, et cetera, et cetera, and, and your journey to end up at where you are today.
1: Okay, so I am um, from KZN. I am the second child of three in our home. I grew up in a, quite a family-orientated environment. More than anything else, I've grown up in a family that, that treasures education. Um uh, my education journey uh took me up to doing a master's in media studies in the United Kingdom. And I continue to be a student um all my life basically. I yes, I have three siblings like two siblings, like I said. I am a mother now to a 14-year-old. I am a communication strategist, I am a social entrepreneur. And, and advocate for digital education for all. Okay. I'm, I'm
0: amazed you've got time to do all of those things. I mean, just being a mom sometimes <laughs> is, a, is a full-time job. So, so Melissa, where did Africa Kids Code come from?
1: Okay. So, about um, six years ago, I came to Johannesburg, work, and I was doing my normal career as a communication strategist, um, uh, but I've always known that there's a bigger purpose to what I had, you know, was doing and how what I had studied. Uh, and, and it was crystallized about three years ago where I kind of understood that I needed to be doing work in education in Africa, uh, empowering young people in digital innovation. So Africa kids code was born out of that purpose passion if you can call it that and this was in beginning of 2018.
0: Okay so you'd just gotten started and you'd gotten the ball rolling nicely and then 2020 came along which for for most of us has been the longest five years
1: of our life. <laughs> I know I know <laughs> yes yes 2020 came however I I believe in always finding an opportunity in whatever situation. So in as much as 2020 has been very challenging, I've I've found ways to navigate around it. For example, most of our work that we were doing pre uh um, 2020 was mostly face to face because we deal with communities which obviously still have a very clear we still have a very clear digital divide. Uh, so they don't have the kind of gadgets that we 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 require for them to to do the work. So would need to be there on the ground. However, when when the situation changed, we we are lucky enough to have partners that are in the telecom space that were willing to step in and kind of equip the the the, the learners that we work with with the infrastructure that is required. So we've kind of migrated online uh because we didn't really have another choice the the new normal came before we expected it
0: you know this is this is the amazing part because as you say looking at at the silver lining and the fact that that covid has happened and it's been horrible and it's been challenging it has accelerated though very much this whole digital space and people going online and taking things online. And I'm, I'm so glad to hear that you mentioned that you have partners that actually came to the party because it's been one of my pet frustrations is is that the the, the service providers and the guys who provide data, data, in my opinion, data for learning and education should be zero rated. End of story. No more discussion. Uh, but we all know that, that corporates and big business doesn't work like that. So I'm very glad to hear that your guys uh, came to the party there but mangaliso tell me a little bit about the the actual what is africa kids code what is its purpose what does it do
1: okay so africa kids code is an organization that prepares young people in africa for digital transformation for by developing their digital computational critical thinking problem solving skills through digital innovation so we run an array of programs from introduction to coding to introduction to robotics to introduction to digital marketing for the bigger group so when we started our main target group was your school going um kids which is about 8 to 16 years old but we've since realized that digital transformation is happening at all levels Uh, so we've integrated some youth, which is 18 to 35 kind of thing. And those are the people who would be doing more of the digital marketing stuff, getting their careers and their businesses um, prepared for for, for for this digital era that we find ourselves in.
0: Okay. It, it, it sounds like a phenomenal idea and a program. Why did you decide that we needed to do this? Did you see it was a, a market that – wasn't serviced. I, I, I know you talked about your passion, but is, is this part of that passion to upskill our young people?
1: If, if you look at what the, the World Economic Forum has set up as some of the skills for the future, you will pick up things like complex problem solving, critical thinking, analytical thinking, and innovation, creativity. And most of these um, features. Feature Uh, features, yeah, are are the the skills, the soft skills that we actually nurture as we teach kids coding and robotics, because it's not necessarily about making everyone a software engineer eventually, but it's about igniting certain ways of thinking and and, and, and strategies and, and learning strategies that can help our young people, you know, navigate their careers in the future. In a totally different manner so coding ignites a lot of soft skills like i say confidence problem solving team building so those are the things that we are targeting to grow in these people in these kids so that they can become part of the solutions to their challenges so from for example we've just come out of the we've just submitted the africa code week projects which we were working on this year and the theme this year was, how will technology influence the future of education? And uh, the kids were supposed to build projects on, on on the Scratch programming platform that speak to that. So that already allows them to be part of the conversation and, and part of the solutions to their challenges. Uh, so that is basically what we are trying to achieve.
0: Okay, and it's, I think it's fantastic because... You know, I I get to talk to a lot of people in the education space, but also a lot of people in the business space uh, in in my other life, as it were. And a lot of times I keep on hearing people going, can't wait until COVID's over so we can go back to normal. And I I keep on saying to them, there is no going back. There isn't going to be what was normal for us is no longer going to be normal. And and this digital age is here to stay, and it's growing at a phenomenal rate. Uh, I mentioned to somebody the other day, I, I was having this discussion about, you know, because some people say we're entering the fourth industrial revolution. Some people say we're in the middle of it, and some people say we're already in the fifth industrial revolution. So it doesn't matter where you are. It's got to do with tech. And I was talking to my 78-year-old mom and saying to her, uh, what do you think about this? She said, oh, Travis, I'm too old for any of this industrial revolution nonsense, and I don't understand anything about tech. And then proceeded to go and download some books on her Kindle and uh, chat to her friends on Facebook. And I looked at her and said, "You're actually right in the middle of it because tech has become and digital uh, living has become so pervasive. We make use of it without even thinking about it."
1: That is, that is so true. That is so true. I mean, uh, I mean, if you think about just how many times you are on your phone a day doing this and that, it just shows you that it's it's impossible to live without tech. Now And if you come back to also education, there are some interesting developments that I've realized. I mean, when my when, when, when COVID hit and my children had to go on on online learning, that was also just a whole, you know, I actually realized that uh, it's actually changing the facet of, of education as well because suddenly uh, teachers were facilitators and, and kids were supposed to take the role of, Learning by themselves, basically. So, so, that on its own shows you that uh, everything is changing so drastically, and everyone needs to kind of try and adjust as soon as possible. So, I agree with you. The new normal is here, but we might as well call it normal because it's here to stay.
0: Absolutely. And, and just going back to what you're saying about, about the learners and the kids and, and being online and the teachers. That in and of itself has been an incredible challenge. And and I feel for the learners and for for the teachers because they were ill-equipped to deal with this. You know, there there is, and you would know, uh, there's a very big difference between being face-to-face with people and and delivering education in a face-to-face manner and being online. And I think our teachers have done a fantastic job, but they've been under immense pressure. Is this something that you, you sort of speak to with Africa Kids Code? Are, are you sort of looking at expanding it a bit more to, to take into because I know you said youth and I think you stopped youth at about 36. but now for, for, for the mm-hmm. old people like me, what are, are you got, have you got any plans?
1: <laughs> okay, so in the schools that we participate in, we take a train the trainer approach because obviously for impact and sustainability. So in the classroom, we also equip the teachers so the teachers can continue to, to roll over the, the resources to, to the kids. And, and that way we can remain impactful, like I say. So the teacher is, has to be part of the problem because uh, they are on the ground. Um, and they are just as not equipped as the, as actually sometimes. And the kids are much better than the teachers, so we do integrate like I say our approach is train, the train that train the trainer approach and and yeah, so the teachers are part of part of the solution
0: well, that's brilliant because you know very often you see people that would would go in and do one of my least favorite words is an intervention uh, and they go there and they tell people all about this wonderful digital space and they they' show them all the tech and then they pack up and go home, and nothing changes and to me, it's always been about sharing those skills, expanding existing skills amongst teachers and giving them those tools. Because, you know, if you think about it, we're quite happy each and every day. We, we pack our children off to school or, or in this case to wherever they were sitting to do their online learning. And we go, okay, off you go. And we, we just rely on the teachers to do it. So the fact that you're making this a self-sustainable thing is, I think, absolutely brilliant. Let's move on though, Mangali. So the next question that I wanted to ask you is in terms of, of the schools that you work with, do you have specific schools? Are there criteria?
1: Um, like we said earlier, um, uh, Dave, the, the biggest thing for us is to have partners that share the vision that we have. So the, big, the biggest job is for us to go out there and find partners that can then activate the schools so that we can be able to implement the programs. So it's kind of... So if you ask me if there's a criteria, no, there's no criteria. However, the school does need to be a sponsored school, if I may put it that way, because as you know, with digital, the infrastructure becomes very important. So 80% of the work that I do is to try and get partners that can see my vision and that are willing to work with the organization to take the programs forward.
0: Okay so what they would what 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 do the, the the partners then do are they are they responsible for sort of providing infrastructure and and maybe the money because yeah, yes. obviously there is a monetary investment that's going to be required i mean you you can't you know be in business and, and not make a turnover
1: Exactly so so the partners would obviously get the infrastructure like i'm saying the computers the tablets uh the connectivity in the school and obviously, be able to pay for the program that we offer. So that would be the the, the partnership uh, that that I'm talking about. Okay. Do you do you have a focus,
0: uh, Mangalisha, on on more sort of rural and outlying schools? Because to me, I would think that that would be where some of the bigger challenges are.
1: Yes. Yeah, so our focus is predominantly townships and rural areas uh because those are the people obviously that have not no access at all um so that's the focus rural and 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 townships
0: okay because the one thing i mean i noticed you know and and we've heard the government speaking about oh yes what we'll do is we'll just give uh, all the students tablets and i thought that's a very <laughs> good idea But I don't think you guys have thought through the implications of it because, you know, what use is a tablet to somebody sitting in a rural area and there's absolutely no connectivity? And then, you know, you still got to pay for data if you want to have connectivity. You know, and and that's where I think people like yourselves and, uh, you know, some of your partners, uh, the the corporates and that, I think that's where we need to take responsibility and, and play a role because we can't rely on government to do it. Uh, and, you know, the, the more we get involved, the better. Do you agree?
1: No, I agree fully with that. I, I'm aware that government has been rolling out tablets. and But when I do do my research, there are no programs that come with that. And it's sad because we live in a society. So if you open, I mean, one of the schools that I work in had a problem where everything was broken into because, The computers are sitting there, no one's using them. One of the reasons why I always try and look at an integrated approach, and I think I didn't mention this earlier. So it's the teachers that come in for the trainings, but we also try and target unemployed youth in the the communities so that they can be part of the programs as well. In that way, it becomes a community program rather than just a, a specific school program. And then you start to eliminate things like crime and stuff like that, because the truth is we live in a society where crime is still very rife. And uh, if, if, if a group of people who feel like they're alienated know that there are computers somewhere in a school just lying around, if they don't understand what the objective is and what we are trying to achieve as a society or in a community, then we, we are likely to, to, to succumb to things like crime. So, I am very aware of the fact that the interventions need to be community interventions rather than only specified to schools.
0: And I agree with you 100%. Uh, you know, as you were talking, I was just thinking if I was, if I was in a rural area, money was short, I felt ignored, I felt disenfranchised, I felt angry, I'm hungry. And there's a bunch of computers sitting on a desk. I would probably help myself as well. Uh, you know, because what else do you do? Because you're, you're, you're angry, you're fearful. So the idea of involving communities and, and explaining to people the why of it. And, and like you said, empowering those youth that are unemployed, because as soon as you have a purpose and something to live for, uh, then crime becomes less appealing.
1: Exactly, exactly. So you've got it right, exactly. So sure. we have a huge challenge in the, in the country. So it's not just about education only. So when we look at these things, we really need to look at them in their entirety.
0: Absolutely, we do. Now, I see that you've got got a, a couple of uh, programs that you run. You do things like Scratch, uh, web development, app development, robotics. What talk me through this? What is, what is Scratch? Because it, it sounds like something I should know and I don't. I thought that's what you did when you had an itch.
1: <laughs> so, Scratch is a platform, a free platform actually, which is, um, is designed in, in, in fun projects, uh, fun projects for young kids actually anyone who's never coded before because it allows them to be familiar with programming without actually using the syntax so so it kind of you can create fun pro- projects without ne- necessarily interacting with syntax which becomes more complex so everyone who comes to us will would would start doing scratch programming before they get into the more complex programming languages
0: Okay, so so from there on you could move into other programming languages.
1: Yeah. So, so from scratch programming you could then either go into web development. We have also beginner, intermediate, and advanced. But that's when you actually now get into the actual programming languages, you know, like your CSS, HTML, and then you progress within, within those programs. But your beginning would have to be on scratch programming because syntax can be quite overwhelming, especially for, for young kids. Uh, like I said, the objective for Africa Kids Code is not to produce software engineers, however, to allow individuals to understand that they can create, they can interact with the computer beyond just face value, but they can start creating stuff So, and interact at a different level with with, with technology.
0: Now, you mentioned web development, and, and to me, as you were saying that, I, I out of necessity, um, have, have sort of gotten into a little bit of web development. But when I say a little bit, I do mean a little bit with, with WordPress. And initially yes. people said, oh, yes. WordPress is so easy. It's drag and drop. You can, you know, it's yes. very, I don't find that. And I think that if I had a bit of a background and I knew things like, like HTML and I knew CSS it would have made the web development side of it a whole lot easier for me to understand. Uh, So I I like the way that 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 goes. App development, no, that must also be big. Is there a prerequisite for app development? Do you have to go through Scratch as well?
1: Yes, we do have to go to... Remember, our focus market is young kids. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yes, so they do have to go through Scratch. If you were to put them through actual programming languages, they wouldn't last. So they do have to get go to scratch through scratch before they do any of these programs because then it makes it easier for them to, 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 to navigate the web and app and robotics.
0: Okay, now we, we've mentioned that it's not just about software engineers and programmers and that. The kind of skills that you guys are currently sharing uh with your students, what what other fields are people able to have a look at then? Uh, you mentioned uh that you were in the digital marketing space for a while weren't you
1: yes 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 i i actually did a digital marketing uh, certificates with the vets VET university um so some of the work that i do is in that space in digital marketing but as i said earlier it's more targeted at the older groups so it's how do they get their businesses online how do they make sure people find them online uh, how can they use things like email marketing, social media marketing, video marketing to, to, to get themselves known in the digital space? So I do a few programs and I've partnered with the likes of organizations that are also doing beautiful content around such like, like Google. Uh, I'm running a program through them for entrepreneurs and young people on fundamentals of digital marketing. I'm also running a digital literacy program for parents and teachers with Google um, in terms of just how we keep our young people safe online because obviously parents and the teachers are the custodians. So they are the people who should be able to have these skills so that they can pass it, pass them on to the young ones. It sounds, like, it
0: sounds like that's a program I should be attending so I can also understand this digital marketing <laughs> thing. <laughs> my, my, back, my background is predominantly broadcast and radio and, and sort of uh, communication skills. So when it comes to the yes. digital side of it, sometimes I, I, I kind of feel a bit like a fish out of water. And I think talking to that though, you know, if you've got and, – and young people seem almost like they, they're born with an inbred capacity to understand this digital age of ours. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, I often joke if I want anything done, I, I find a young person to help me because they can get it done way quicker than I can. So I think that's, that's absolutely fantastic. But now you talk about being online and online uh, uh, presence, et cetera, et cetera. Africa Kids Code, obviously you've got uh, the website – what happens if, if, you know, somebody's listening to this particular podcast, because uh, we, it goes out uh, onto the Zabuza.net uh, website as well, uh, and they, they're thinking, gee, we need to, to be able to do something. So there's two questions I want to ask you. The people that, you know, the schools are not, uh, cannot afford the program or they're not able to get involved, do you offer any sort of free training for, for, for any of the young people? We do
1: offer free training on the digital marketing side. As I said, we offer free training on the online safety programs that we run. We offer free training actually for coding too, because remember these are sponsor based programs. So if we can find a sponsor, then we can implement the program. So none of the parents in the, in the community or rural schools that we work in have to pay for the programs it is our duty to make sure that um, we find someone that is able to pay for the program so if someone is listening out there and they are thinking how they could they get involved they could get involved by contacting us and we would try and see if we can activate some sponsorships however as you said earlier it is very difficult but it's just one of those things that we someone has to do it
0: And, and I take my hat off to, to you guys for, for what you're doing because, you know, the, the younger generation, and as we've spoken, this world of ours is changing at such a rapid pace and they need to have that, the access to that kind of technology so that they can build their businesses. Everything's going online now. You mentioned you guys were, were, were mostly online as well. Is there a way that, that we, we access this stuff? online how would we get hold of you? Let's start there because I'm now jumping around with questions. <laughs> See you've got me all okay. excited about this now. Now I'm just I have too many ideas and too many questions. Where do we find you guys? Okay. How do we get in touch?
1: Okay. Okay. So we are based physically at the River Sands incubation hub in Midrand. Um, however, we can, f- you can find us on our social media handles at Africa Kids Code, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then you can also find us on my number, which is on WhatsApp, 082-430-8819.
0: Why don't you just repeat that number for us again, please, Mangaliso?
1: 082
0: 430 8819. Fantastic. I hope you get lots and lots of offers and inquiries and offers to help, just not at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> yes, I hope so too. That's, that's part of that being an entrepreneur thing, you know, is that uh, you're, you literally are on duty 24 hours a day. But that is
1: so true. Yes.
0: I applaud what you're doing. I applaud what your team are doing. But being the entrepreneur that you are, what do you see as, as your next in terms of Africa Kids Code? Or do you have some other projects that are uh, busy simmering on the back burner?
1: Okay, so Africa Kids Code um, is looking at going, obviously, as the name says, Africa. So it's going on the continent. We are looking at opportunities currently in Botswana, Uganda and Zimbabwe, so that's what's on the cards right now. Um, it's expanding into the continent.
0: Fantastic, people! If you if you want to find out more and you you, you want to find out about Africa Kids Code, uh, it's quite easy. It's AfricaKidsCode and you can uh, go and check it out there. AfricaKidsCode uh, and and see if you can get involved, and you know. Talk about it. Get your school involved. Let's see. Maybe uh, Mangaliso and her team can help you. Uh, they've got some fantastic individuals there. Mangaliso, aside from going up into Africa, anything else that you, you're
1: busy uh, planning and working on? No. Right now, it's just to get the online platform really kicking off um, and plans to go into Africa.
0: Fantastic. As you
1: say, 2020 hit us. Heaters- not ready. So we're still working to get the online platform really working, uh, and part of that is to get tutors from all over Africa who will become part of the Africa Kids Code uh, family. So we're trying to create our own Uberized tutoring online system, if I may call it that.
0: Yeah, it it certainly is. Um, I've, I've sort of seen a little bit of what goes into that uh, on the fringes and certainly is a massive big project. So I know you're a very busy, busy lady. So I want to say, Mangaliso, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show, taking time out uh, and for doing what you do because I think you provide a vital service and uh, we wish you all the very best going forward. And who knows, maybe we'll be chatting in the not too distant future and you can have some good news for us as well. Liz.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much, David, for giving me the time.
0: It's an absolute pleasure. There we go. That was my special guest, Mangaliso Mokwape, who is uh, the director and founder of Africa Kids Code. You can uh, find the website at africakidscode.com. Until next time, this wraps up uh, The Education Show. Until next time, take care of yourselves. That was The Education Show. Simply learn. Join the conversation on zibuza.net. That's Z-I-B-U-Z-A dot net.